Amen? Amen, amen. All right. Why don't you go ahead and turn your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38, we're going to be beginning in verse 1. And so as we look at this, Ezekiel chapter 38 is a very important uh, piece of prophetic uh, scripture. And so we're going to uh, really be looking at uh, all of chapter 37, all of chapter 38, and all of chapter 39 uh, for uh, this morning. But don't worry, I'm I'm not going to kind of go through it quickly. So we're not going to be here all day long. And so as we take a look at this text of Scripture, begin to uh, recognize what's going on here. First of all, I want you to understand God is in control. Amen. God is in absolute control. You know, the Bible tells us for a very distinct reason, for a very distinct purpose to keep our eyes focused upon the things above rather than the things below. And the reason why God tells us to keep our eyes focused upon the things above rather than the things below, because when we begin to focus on the things below, uh, we we can get ourselves uh, all upset in a real big hurry, can't we? When when we begin to think about what's going on in the world today, and you know, (laughs) I mean, this past couple of years, I guess going on three years now, I I don't know, but the past couple of years, it's been bad. And you know, when when you begin to think, well, things can't get much worse, Well, don't say that, amen, because they kind of get worse, and then they get worse, and they get worse, and they get worse, and so things just kind of snowball out of control, and so when we begin to look at the world stage, the whole world is in a mess. We know the United States of America is in a mess. The whole world knows that the United States of America is in a mess. I mean, we are just in an outright mess right now. But the reality is the whole world's in a mess. Amen? I mean, you look at uh, what's going on in Canada right now. They're in an absolute mess. You look at what's going on uh, all throughout Europe. Europe, all of Europe is in a mess. But what is going on right now in Ukraine, and, and as Russia is going in and invading, that is just an absolute shame. It is an absolute disaster and something that the world can stop, but the world is unwilling right now to stop. And so as we look at this and we begin to think about the mess that the world is in, we understand that a lot of these things are prophetic. Now, can I say what is going on at this absolute time in Ukraine with Russia is prophetic? No, I can't say that, but, but I will say that there's going to come a day when these things are going to take place and we're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Word of God is being fulfilled before our very eyes because what's happening today sounds a whole lot like what God said is going to happen in Ezekiel chapter 38. So when we look at this in the Word of God, the question that I asked this morning is what nation or kingdom shall we fear? Think about that. What nation or kingdom or king or, 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 or ruler or whatever within this world shall we fear? I'm going to go ahead and give you an answer to that, and I'm going to say none. Amen? If you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, you need to be in great fear. Amen? And you need to repent turn your life over to Jesus Christ right here, right now, today, because there's going to be a day of accountability, and, and, you, and if you're not saved, you need to be in great fear over that. But if you're saved today, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, friend, we shouldn't even fear the Antichrist. Amen? We should have no fear over the Antichrist. Listen, he's already defeated. We shouldn't fear the devil. He's already defeated. Amen? 
And so when we look at the Word of God right here, we look at Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, 38, rather. and as we look at Ezekiel chapter 38, we read here in the Word of God uh, things that are going to take place. We read beginning in verse 1, it says, And the Word of the Lord came to, the, uh, came to me, the prophet Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Gog in the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, uh, Meshka, and uh, Tabul, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you. Now, you're in a bad spot if the Lord God is prophesying against you and saying, I am against you. We're going to see why he's against, uh, going to be. This is going to be a future. Uh, uh, this has not happened yet. This is still yet in the future. It says, O Gog, Prince of Rosh, uh, Mishkin, Kubil, uh, I will, turn, uh, I will uh, turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and I will bring you out and all of your uh, army, horses and horsemen, all of the uh, splendid attire, and a great company uh, with buckler and shield, and will uh, and all of them with wielding sword, uh, Persia, Ethiopia, and will put them all and of, of them with the shield and helmet, Gomer and with its troops, and Bethel and uh, Torgmath uh, from the remote part of the north with all of its troops, many peoples with you. Be prepared and prepare yourself, you and all of your companies that are the assembly about you, and be a guard for them. After many days, you will be summoned to the, uh, the later years. You will come out of, into the, the land that is restored from the sword, whose inhabitants have been gathered from the, the nations to the mountains of Israel, and will, and, uh, which had been a continual waste, and, will, and its people were brought out from the nations, and they are living securely, all of them. You will go up. And you will come like a storm, and you will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all of your troops, and many peoples with you. And, and so as we take a look at this text of Scripture right here, something interesting uh, is being said right here. When, when we look at this, the Word of God, we, we find here, first of all, Gog is speaking to Gog and Magog, uh, first of all. We're going to look at who they are in just a minute. But God is, first of all, speaking to Gog and Magog, and He says, I'm going to put hooks in your mouth, but put hooks in your jaw, and I'm going, to, I'm going to drag you down here. I'm going to drag you down here to Israel. I'm going to make a spectacle out of you, really, is what God is ultimately saying when we look at the rest of this uh, text of Scripture. But before we get to that point, we find something amazing right here. This is a future time. This time has not come. This time has not come uh, in the life of Israel. This time has not come uh, been done yet uh, in uh, the, the course of history. It is a future event. It's a future event. Now, when we look at this, so well, when we look at the Word of God, and we see things that the Bible says are going to take place within the future. Well, then how do we know that those things are going to really uh, take place within the future? How do we know that these things are really going to happen? Well, the reality is, is some of these things have already happened. Amen? 
The fullness of this text of Scripture has not yet happened, but some of these things have already happened. In fact, when you read through Ezekiel chapter 37, and in Ezekiel chapter 37, what you find right here is God is taking the prophet and he's taking them to this valley of dry bones. And as God is taking the prophet to this valley of dry bones, he set them before a valley of dry bones. Now, we've all seen the pictures or we've seen the cartoons or whatever. There you find this dry, dry desert. And there Maybe somewhere in the midst of that dry desert, maybe you find, a, a, you know, what one of those Texas Longhorn uh, 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 cows, and there, there, all you see is a, a, a skeleton, right? Maybe the horn's sticking out of it, and I mean, it's dry, and you look at that, and you recognize it is dead. Not only is it dead, it's dead, dead. Not only is it dead, dead, but it's been dead, dead, dead for a long, long time, amen? And so there it is within that valley of dry bones. It's that place that God takes takes Ezekiel the prophet and he looks at them and he says Ezekiel can these bones live Ezekiel gives the right answer Lord you know (laughs) right I'm not about to answer this question it's God we're talking to this is almighty all-powerful sovereign God now naturally each one of us would look at those dead bones you know if we were out in the desert and we happened upon a old dead skeleton right there old dead skull right there had been picked apart by the vultures long ago and it is dry it is dry as dry can get and somebody asked you can that thing come back to life and every single one of us would say well absolutely not it is dead it is dead dead it's it's skeleton just old dried out skeleton nothing is there nothing is left but God asked Ezekiel can these bones live God you know and so then God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones and as he tells them to prophesy to the bones he prophesies to the bones and as he prophesies to the bones guess what all of a sudden muscles come back upon that uh, uh, the, the, those bones all of a sudden uh, ligaments come back upon those bones all of a sudden uh, the, the, the organs come back upon those bones all of a sudden they're covered with skin once again and they raise up and they're a mighty army once again and so then we ask ourselves well, the question well you know did that literally happen at that time no that was a prophecy of the things that were about to take place and so when we look at this we recognize who they are in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 11 uh, it says right here then he said to me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they uh, say our bones are dried up and our hope is perished but we are completely cut off They say we're dead. God's going to restore us. Now, as we look at this, we recognize that this is a prophecy that's already been fulfilled. It wasn't a prophecy that had been fulfilled of the returning of Israel uh, coming back from uh, uh, coming back from Babylon and then restoring the land because when we look in Ezekiel chapter 38 we look in Ezekiel chapter 38 and we look at verse 8 it says right here in Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 8 it says after many days you will be summoned in later years when's this going to take place it's going to take place in later years Years not taking place right now. In later years, you will come into the land that is restored from the sword. Those inhabitants who have been gathered from many nations, not just Babylon, but many nations, those inhabitants have been gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which have been a continual waste. 
but its people were brought out from the nations and they were living securely, all of them. And so what is going to happen, uh, God says to Ezekiel, God uh, then says to Ezekiel, they're going to return from a many nation. They're going to return from all over the world, what is considered to be a wasteland, what is considered to just be a, a, a dried up desert. And that's what Israel was before God returned to Israel. And so when we look at that, we also see in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 5 through 6, and it says right here, as Isaiah prophesied, he said, Do not fear, for I am with you. I'll bring your offspring from the east and will gather them from the west. And I will say to the north, Give them up. And to the south, uh, the, uh, the south, do not hold them back and bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So they're going to be scattered all over the earth. Israel is going to be scattered from one end of the earth, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. And a day is going to come when God's going to bring them all home. That day came. You see, for 1,900 years, Israel was not a nation. Israel did not have their own land. Israel had been kicked out of their own land. Israel did not have a land to call their own, so they were scattered, literally, all over the world. And so as they were scattered all over the world, they didn't have a land of their own. They didn't have a home of their own, but they stayed a pure people. And as they stayed a pure people, there came the day when God reestablished the land, God reestablished the nation of Israel. And in 19 1943, there it was that the United Nations had declared Israel to be a nation once again. And what did God do? God called them home. God called them home. Now, not all of them were able to come immediately, and not all of them are there yet. But God called them home. You know, in fact, the, the, the fulfillment of some of it, fulfillment of the North didn't come about until, uh, until 1989. In 1989, when we had a, a real president and a real leader that people actually respected, Ronald Reagan said, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And you know what he did? He said, I better listen to this guy. Because there's going to be consequences to pay, and he means what he said. Amen? And he did. And you know what happened? The Jews came home from the north. Amen? It was a fulfillment of the word of God being unfolded in our own time. Isn't that a phenomenal thing? When we look at the word of God, we recognize, friends, some of this has already been fulfilled. Israel became a nation again. The Jews have begun to return to their homeland from all over the world. And as the Jews are still returning to their homeland from all over the world, it's a fulfillment of prophecy that is being fulfilled before our very eyes. Friend, the word of God is coming truth. You can't say that the word of God is not true and we're seeing it fulfilled before our very eyes. No one should have any doubt whatsoever how in the world could a nation that has not been a nation for 1,900 years, a nation that has not had its own land for 1,900 years and been literally scattered from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, all of a sudden be declared as a nation again and then they come back to their homeland and when God said 1,500 years ago that this was going to take place, or, 20, or 25, uh, 2,500 years ago, rather, that this was going to take place. This was going to happen. This was the fulfillment of the Word of God, and they weren't a land, they weren't a nation, they weren't a people for 1,900 years. 
Isn't that a phenomenal thing? When you see that fulfillment? But then we see something else that is interesting right here. We see God now speaking to Gog in the land of Magog. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, who in the world is Gog in the land of Magog? We don't have to wonder. You know, I get, in, I get a kick out of folks that say, well, we don't know who that is. Well, the Bible tells us who that is. We don't have to wonder who that is. All we have to do is turn to Genesis chapter 10. And in Genesis chapter 10, you know, the amazing thing about the Bible, the Bible has extraordinarily uh, detailed uh, genealogy within it. And within that extraordinarily detailed, detailed genealogy we don't have to wonder about who's kin to who because the word of God tells us amen and so we look at Genesis chapter 10 and when we, we begin to understand the flood has just taken place the flood has subsided Noah and his three sons are now off of the boat they're beginning to establish again they're beginning to get some order set again and so the Bible tells us right here in Genesis Chapter 10, beginning in verse 10, uh, some people call this the table of nations. And so this is how the nations uh, were dispersed. Now, it wasn't, the Tower of Babel didn't happen until the 11th chapter, but we find here the table of nations within the uh, 10th chapter, the nations that were going to be scattered about all over the whole world. And so the Bible says in Genesis chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, now these are the records of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and the sons were born to them after the flood. The sons, uh, the sons of Shem, Ham, and Japheth that were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer and Magog. Well, there's Magog right there. Right? Gomer and Magog, and Madai and Javan and uh, uh, Tabul and uh, Mishka and uh, Tarius. And the sons of Gomer were uh, Azakanez, uh, uh, however you say that, and uh, Rilfath and Tagermar. And the sons of Javan were Elishah and Ter, uh, Tish. Tereshish, I'll say it in a minute, and uh, Kittim and Dimonim. Let me ask you something. Does it make you feel any better not being able to pronounce these names when you know your pastor can't pronounce these names? When we get to heaven, they're going to say, that's not how you're supposed to say my name. But look at verse 5. And this is the key right here. So... There, there we find Magog. Let's just focus on Magog rather than all those other names we can't pronounce. Verse 5. And from these, the coastlands of the nations were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their families, and to their nations. Now, what happened to the sons of Magog? Well, they went north from the coastlands. Well, what coastlands did they go north from? Well, you go directly north of Israel, first coastland that you're going to come to is the Black Sea. You get above the Black Sea and you go north of the Black Sea, well, immediately you get to Ukraine. Right above that, you keep going north, you'll eventually run into Moscow because you'll be right in the middle of Russia. The land of Magog is Russia. There shouldn't be any doubt about that. I believe that is extraordinarily clear within the Word of God that the land of Magog is 
Russia. And, and so when we look at this and we continue to look at this prophetic word right here of what is going to take place, what is going to happen in future events, Bible then goes on to say, now again, Bible's not saying that they're coming against Ukraine. Bible says they're going to come against Israel, right? And, and so that's ultimately where they're going to come against, along with Persia and Ethiopia, by the way. Now, Ethiopia is kind of interesting, but, you know, we know that the Persians, which, is, which are the Iranians, they, they hate Israel. But it's kind of interesting mix to have Ethiopia up in there, which also kind of interesting that, you know, there's a whole lot of Ethiopians that claim to be Jews. In fact, they claim to have the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, look in on that. It, it's an interesting, they claim to be direct descendants of Solomon that come from the Queen of Sheba. A lot of people believe that's true. And it may very well be. And so when we look at this, it's an interesting dynamic here. You have Russia, we have Persia, we have Ethiopia. There's some other nations that are probably going to join in with them as well. And they're going to come against Israel in these end-time events. But what's going to lead up to these end-time events? As we begin to look at this, we look in verse 10. And as we look in verse 10, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord God, it will come about in that day that the thoughts will come to your mind that you will devise an evil plan. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Gog. He's talking about Gog in the land of Magog. An evil plan is going to come up in his mind. It's going to be his evil mastermind plan. In verse 11 it says, And you will say, I will go up against the land of the unwalled villages, and I will go against those who are at rest that live securely, all of them living without walls and have no bars or gates. So I'm going to go up against the defenseless people is what the Bible is saying right here. Now is that the prophetic word against Israel? No. Because friends, Israel is a fortress today. I mean, Israel is an outright fortress today, but they're going to come against some defenseless people that have no walls, that have no gates, that have no means of, of, of protecting themselves. And what is the purpose? According to verse 12, the Bible says right here in verse 12, to capture spoil and to seize plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited and against the people who are gathered from the nations who have acquired cattle and goods and that, who live at the center of the world. Sheba and uh, Dadan and the merchants of uh, uh, Tarshish will, uh, with all of its villages will say to you, have you come to capture spoil? Have you assembled a, a company to seize your uh, seize plunder to carry away silver and gold and to take away cattle and goods to capture great spoil. So what's Gog in the land of Magog doing? They're going against defenseless people for the purpose and the only purpose of capturing spoil. To take their goods. To take what doesn't belong to them to rob them. That's exactly what's going on in Ukraine right now. That is 100% what's going on in Ukraine right now. And because Europe is bought with Russians oil, Russia's oil, they're not going to do anything about it. And because we have a president that is bought with green energy, he's not going to do anything about it. They'll sit back and let it happen. And the world's going to sit back and watch and not do a single thing about it. Now this could 
what's going on right now could break out into a world war. It could. And I'm not trying to scare you, but it's just a reality. But as of right now, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people is willing to do hardly anything about this situation. And so now they're only going after them for their spoil. They don't, they don't care about the people over there. They don't care about the land. They, don't, they, they just want to go after the spoil. Get their goods, get their all. Get it so that they can become richer and bring it back to their own land. They don't care who they have to walk over. That is happening today. So then what's God going to do? Verse 14. The Bible tells us what God's going to do. Now whether or not this is exactly the fulfillment of the prophecy or whether it's going to get a whole lot worse in the future, I don't know. But friend, this is exactly what's taking place right here, right now, today. It could get worse. They could go after uh, Georgia. They could go after uh, Bulgaria. They could go after Romania. They could go after some of these other countries as well. They, they could include that. They could just restore the whole former Soviet Union, the whole former USSR. And I believe that's ultimately what Putin wants to do. But we don't know. Could be they could stop them dead in his tracks. They could turn around and go home tomorrow. We don't know. But what we do know is this is going to take place. And as a result of it, verse 14, the Bible says right here, Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people Israel are living securely, will you not know it? You will come from your place out of the remote parts of the north and you, uh, and you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on a horse, on horses in a great assembly and a mighty army, and you will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It shall come about in the last days. When is this going to take place? It's going to take place in the last days. It shall come about in the last days that I shall bring against my land so the nations may know me and, uh, when I am uh, sanctified through you before their eyes. Oh God. What is God saying? Now, now remember, the plan to go plunder the defenseless nation, it was their plan. It was their idea. It was all on them. We'll go rob these defenseless nations and we'll go take their spoils and we'll come bring them back home. But now this is God saying, okay, you want to pick on somebody? What about my nation down there, Israel? They're living secure. The Bible says that God's going to prophesy to them to come draw them down there with him. In fact, let's look back at verse 4. Verse 4 says, and I will turn you about and put hooks into your draw." I'm going to put hooks into your jaws. You're not going to have any choice. You're going to come down against my people Israel. You're going to come down against them. You're going to think within your mind, within your wicked, vile heart, that you're going to do to them exactly what you did to all of these other nations. But I got news for you. It's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. 
In fact, as we continue to read here within this text of Scripture and what we continue to find within the Word of God, as you continue to read in chapter 38, the Bible says that Israel is not going to defend itself. Israel is not going to fight against Gog in the land of Magog. God is going to war against them. God is going to strike the bow from their hand. God is going to strike them down. It is going to be such an utter defeat that they're going to burn for seven years. Now isn't that interesting? That they're going to burn for seven years. Friends, I believe that's the beginning of the tribulation right there. So friends, we need to pay attention. We need to take heed to the Word of God. We need to pay attention to what's going on around us because when they turn their eyes to Israel, that trumpet's fixing to blow. Amen? Amen? Christians are fixing to get gone. We're fixing to be out of here, folks. Again, can I say that's happening right now? No. But it sure does look like it, don't it? It sure does look like it. So when we begin to take heed to the Word of God and understand, you know what? Half of this prophecy's already been fulfilled because Israel's already in their homeland. Amen? Russia, Gog, in the land of Magog, they're greedy. And they're coming after these other nations. Coming after Ukraine, and you better believe that's not their end goal. Again, I don't know what's going to happen after this. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, much less tomorrow, the next day, or the next day. Might not be the fulfillment of this scripture, but it sure does look like it. So when we look at this, say, well, what, what can we draw from this? What can we gather from this? How do, we, how do we look at this? How do we apply this to our lives right here, right now, today? First of all, we need to understand something. We need to understand that God is sovereign. Amen? God's sovereign. God's got this. You know, it's interesting that they first came after Ukraine. You know, I've been to Ukraine many times, and Dale's been with me to Ukraine. I love the Ukrainian people. They are a humble people. They will give you everything they own. I mean, they, they are a humble, giving people they love their country they hate russians to call a russian i mean to call a ukrainian a russian is probably one of the greatest insults you could ever and so they have been so oppressed by the russians they have monuments everywhere that tell you how the the russians have slaughtered their people over the generations been an ongoing thing When we begin to take a look at what's going on over there, we recognize, you know what? Ukraine is far from a Christian country. But you know in Europe, they are the nation that's sending more missionaries all over the world than any other nation in Europe. <laughs> no surprise, Satan hates that nation wants to disrupt what's going on. Amen? Godly, godly people over there, people that are 
dear to me and it breaks my heart to see what's going on. God is in sovereign control, friends, and we need to understand that. God himself is going to destroy that nation. Now listen, every Christian is going to, I believe, is going to be taken out of there. Every Christian is going to be removed, I believe, from before that happened. When, before God went into Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham asked him, says, if there are 50 righteous in there, are you going to destroy it? No. What about 40? No. 30? No. Well, 20? No. <laughs> God's going to take his righteous folks out before he destroys them. Amen? That's going to happen. Fulfillment of the scripture is going to take place. But friends, when we look at the fact that God's in control, God scattered Israel from one end of the earth to the other end. God did that. He also brought them back. God scattered the nations in the, during the Tower of Babel. God confused their languages and he scattered the nations. He separated the nations. He even divided the continents. God did that. No, it hadn't happened. God's going to draw them back in. They're going to think it's their idea, but it's God doing it. Amen? He's going to put a hook in their jaw. And they're going to come. Last days, the Bible says that all of the nations of the earth are going to come against the Lamb. This is going to be during the time of the tribulation. All of the nations of the world, they're going to come together and they're going to try to come against the Lamb. And ultimately, the Lamb's going to come down and He's going to be riding upon that white horse written on His side. He's going to be King of kings and Lord of lords on His head. is going to be not just one crown, but many crowns. Many diadems are going to be with Him. And you know how He's going to defeat them with the sword that is coming to come out of His mouth. You know what that sword that's coming out of His mouth is? It's the Word of God and through the Word of God. He's going to slaughter all the nations. He could do it right here, right now, today if he so cho chose to do it, but it's not time yet. So who should we fear? Should we be afraid of Russia? By no means. Should we be afraid of China? By no means. Again, we shouldn't even be afraid of Antichrist or the devil himself. Antichrist might be around today. But we're not going to know who he is. Amen? We're going to be gone. Who shall we fear? The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21, it is he who changes times and epochs. He removes kings and establishes, uh, uh, and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Who does that? God does that. Job chapter 12, verse 23. He makes the nations great and destroys them. He enlarges the nations and leads them away. Who does that? God does that. We scratch our head today and say, I, I hate to say this from behind the pulpit, but it's so abundantly clear, but we scratch our head and we say, why do we have such an incompetent president? God allows it to happen. 
This may be the very reason why to set up end time events. I don't know that to be a fact. Amen? Does that mean we shouldn't vote? No, by all means we should vote. Every Christian ought to vote their Christian conviction. But God's the one who raises up kings and he removes kings. We don't know why things happen. We don't know what's going to happen from the beginning to the end, but we know who's in control. Amen? And he knows all. Who shall we fear? Psalm 27 and verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? No one, friend. God is almighty and all-powerful, sovereign God. There is none who is like Him. He removes kings, He establishes kings. He removes nations and He establishes nations. I'm about as patriotic as I come. I love this nation. Both my mom and dad were in the service of veterans. My dad's the commander of the American Legion in Bogalusa today. I'm very patriotic. But I also recognize the United States of America is not going to be here forever. But the kingdom of God will. So if you're going to fear a kingdom, you better fear God's kingdom. The only one that's going to be here forever. You're going to fear a king, you better fear the king of kings. He's almighty. He's from everlasting to everlasting. And if he's your salvation, whom shall I fear? He'll come after me and kill me. You can't threaten me with heaven, friend. Amen? You can't threaten me with paradise. You're going to be doing me a favor. <laughs> Take me out of this whole wretched world. I'll fear only the King of Kings. As our praise team comes up this morning, friend, if you're living in fear today, there's no need of it. First thing I'd recommend that you do is turn that news off. They want you to be in fear. They thrive off of fear. Amen? Turn that stuff off. And then open up your Bible. Start spending time in the Word of God. If I got to watch the news, I don't want to be uninformed. No, rather you're getting misinformed a lot of times. You'll never get misinformed in the Word of God. He'll let you know just how much He loves you.
God is truly your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Everybody stands this morning. Is God truly your salvation this morning? If the rapture were to take place right now, I mean right this very minute, and it could. It could. And if it was to take place right now, would you be in the number? God's only coming back after His own. Are you His? You going to be the one to meet Jesus in the clouds of glory? And I do believe that we're seeing not just this, but we're seeing a lot of Scripture being fulfilled before our very eyes today. A lot of it. It's happening. It's real. And how sure of it can we be? A lot of it's already taking place. Friend, you better believe the rest of it's going to take place. When? I can't tell you that. But I can tell you, you better be ready. Because it's going to come just like a thief in the night when you least expect it. If your salvation is not secured today, Right here, right now, today, would you come and give your life to Jesus? Turn to Him, trust in Him, believe on Him. And there's no doubt in my mind and my heart because I know the Word of God is truth, every bit of it. If you believe on Jesus, He'll save you. Amen? Right now, would you come, give your heart to Jesus? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll Thank you.